Welcome to the future of XYZ. I'm your host, Lisa Grelnick, principal and founder of LVG & Co., an independent strategy consultancy based in New York City. Through quick and candid conversations with innovative leaders, we aim to foster new thinking and explore big questions about where we are as a world and where we're going. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Future of XYZ. I am super excited to welcome my very, very dear friend, Amy Hill, to talk about the future of workplace. Amy, thank you. Thank you, Lisa, for having me. And thank you for tirelessly putting together these fascinating topics. This one most fascinating to me, but I really appreciate all of your efforts in uh, bringing these topics to the curious every week in and week out for how many weeks now? Oh my God, this is going to be episode 64. Tireless. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening and being such a good supporter. I'm so excited that we get to have you on. I mean, you and I met because you and your business partner, Pete, brought me in to uh, put together kind of the corporate strategy when your two companies merged, really focused actually on workplace, both from the design perspective and from the strategic cultural perspective. And so I think we've we've come to talk about workplace quite a lot, especially since that project wrapped just a couple of months before we went into COVID lockdown, right? Yes, it actually wrapped right around. I think I have a presentation from you dated March 23rd of 2020. Uh, and here we are. What is today? March 18th, mm-hmm. 2022. So we're almost exactly two years into this pandemic. Yeah, I mean, actually, that's interesting. By the time that this releases, we will just be like, you know, two days shy of uh, the two year anniversary of that presentation then. It's, wild ride it's been. Lots, it's been a wild of- ride. Yeah. And, and the workplace has changed tremendously during these two years. I know people keep saying it's three, but actually from a calendar perspective, it's two years. And But it has changed. It feels in some ways like it could have been 20 years. Um, I, I just want to ask, I mean, I always like to ground, as you know, in these future of conversations, what is workplace specifically? And and perhaps that's a hard question to answer given the change that's been wrought in the last few years. But prior to you know, COVID, what was workplace? Um, I think that's a great question because it really depends on who you ask. Um, so some practices around workplace are really around corporate office interiors and the design of corporate office interiors. And then you look at things like workplace strategy, which is the field that I'm in, where we really look at definitely the place and work, but also the people and the technology surrounding it, right? So so that's really the definition of of workplace. And I think now it gets even muddier because place is getting redefined. Yes, exactly. My living room, my dining room, (laughs) my kitchen, your sunroom. Exactly, exactly. And for some of us, it was that way prior to the pandemic, but a lot of the rest of us got to come along for the ride and when we're forced into it forced into this um, two years ago. So um, I think that the I think that that term is is evolving. Um, But I think historically, when you say workplace, I think that people automatically think of the office. And I think we're working on pulling those two words apart a little bit more in our practice. That's really interesting. So pulling the two words of work and place apart because work can happen in any place kind of. There isn't 
a singular place. Correct. Correct. And so, I mean, how has, I mean, before we get to the future, where are we today? Because historically that workplace, that singular corporate, you know, whether it was a singular headquarters or whether, you know, your distributed offices around the country, around the world, there was something that they wanted to have a red thread going through it. It's kind of the experience of the employees in a particular company, right? Right, right. The, the place itself was the proxy for a lot of different things, right? Place was a proxy for work, place was a proxy for culture, and all of that disappeared two years ago. So yeah, it's been an interesting paradigm shift for sure. Well, I mean, I think about it because there was so much hype. I mean, I, I think about like, okay, so let's use like financial services as an example, right? Where there are these like, you know, massage chair benefits and crazy things because people are working all the time. Then you have like agency world, which is like open plan. I mean, I'm being really stereotypical here, but like open plan, everyone like, you know, get it gathers around like the coffee machine, whatever. And then you have the whole tech thing, which I mean, including the co-working, like we work, you know, extreme, which is like the foosball table, the kombucha bar, whatever, you know, your beer on tap, free breakfast, blah, 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 blah. Right. Yes. So what is that? Like when you take that away, all of a sudden you really dive into what you're talking about, which is your, the culture of a place, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right. So I think for a long time, place, space, workspace has been the office, quote unquote, the office has been that proxy for culture. And I think that when we're talking to clients about bringing people back in whatever capacity we bring them back, um, they're concerned. One of the top concerns of organizations that we're talking to today is that we're losing our culture. And I, I, I love it when that opportunity comes up to have that conversation because my belief is that workspace is an opportunity to amplify culture, but culture is how we behave towards one another. And this is how I behave towards you on this call and how we check in with one another, which does not need to happen um, in a physical location. There may be things, and we'll talk about that in a bit, that maybe are more ideally suited for in-person, but we can certainly accomplish an awful lot. And I think we've learned that in the last, in the last couple of years. Um, so that said, um, I think I just totally lost my train of thought. Repeat the question. <laughs> well, I was just, gonna, I was actually going to interrupt you for a second because yeah. I think what's so interesting, <laughs> you, you answered it actually. It was yeah, about really culture. excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think, you know, you trained as an interior designer, you yeah. know, you graduated with kind of a mixed degree from Florida state. You worked at, um, Sasaki, among other places, right, which really like the top architectural firms in their interior design. And then you went over to All Steel, right, and you started working in that space. And then you went out on your own as a workplace strategist before joining forces with Pete um, at, at work for, uh, Workplace Interiors and uh, Workflow Interiors. And I think the workplace piece of this is what I found so interesting, having been both freelance, small companies, big companies, which is this culture piece. And you and I really connected on this prior to COVID even, which was like the change management that is required, even if you're just like, if someone brings you in for an interiors proje project at a company pre-COVID, yep. it actually already begged questions about their culture. 
what are you trying to elicit? What are you trying to give? What do you, you know? And right. so it was never singular. It was always multiplicitous. I can't speak the word, but yes. like, right. I yeah. think that's what I loved about the way that Amy, you've always approached workplace. And so now that COVID has taken us into our living rooms, dining rooms, sunrooms, kids' rooms, bathrooms. I mean, you've seen yeah. it all, right? Wherever we happen to be is where the work is happening. Exactly. And so the place matters less than the work. So what replaces that I that concept? Is there something? Well, I think the place matters. I still think place matters because we need to have what we need to be effective wherever, whatever place we happen to be in. I just think that there's now multiple definitions of where that place is. It used to be that work happened at the office. I mean, let's take it a step back. Let's go back to the industrial area when we were all working in factories, right? And then after the industrial area era, we went into, not all of us, but the, a large share of us went into offices and we had no preconceived notion of what an office should look like because it was mostly an industrial um, economy. So the, the first offices that we saw looked like factory factories. Floor because there was nothing else to look to. Um, and it's really largely remained unchanged for many, many decades. It's, it's improved for sure. I think we can all agree that there's been more uh, democracy um, for the most part from, for many companies uh, brought into the equation of the design of spaces, right? Like better space for all. Um, however, we still, up until that time of the pandemic, some companies were already going remote or some version of hybrid. I was certainly remote well before the pandemic started. So um, it existed. However, it was kind of the exception to the rule based on your role. Um, but now, you know, we're really thinking about, so work, you had to go to this place to get your work done because prior to having all of this technology in our hands or at our fingertips at home, uh, we had to go to the office, right? Because yes. that's where the CPU was. We couldn't afford that stuff at home. What's the CPU? I'm sorry. It's a, the, the big, the big <laughs> central processing unit. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I, I always try in future of XYZ to make yep. sure that acronyms are understandable to anyone watching or listening. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. For those that haven't, haven't worked with a CPU, it's a giant, it was your computer and it was about as big as I am on this screen <laughs> sitting on your desk with your giant monitor that was also two feet deep. Right. So we were very tethered to the office because we had to be, because the tools that we needed to be effective were physically there. We haven't gone too far past that. And then what happened in 2020 was this giant catalyst was thrown into the mix that forced us all to go home 100%. And that has not been optimal for a lot of people. And it's been optimal for others um, because we have not been intentional about how this work is happening at home or wherever that might be. Uh, so Largely I because I think a lot of people thought it was temporary and still perhaps do, right? I mean, it's unclear. We've all been in this like waving of the Netherland of like, just just do rather than, you know, fix or, or, or fix for the long-term. Correct, correct. So I think, I think now when we think about all of the places where work happens, if we really look at it and pull it apart, we start to think about what kind of places do we want to provide for our people as an organization to support their work wherever they may be, which is in, in 
informing why companies are giving people um, uh, allowances to outfit their home offices, uh, maybe even further supporting it with their facilities teams, giving them uh, help with lighting and, and paint color and things like that so that they're presenting in their best light when they're working from their home office and also have the ergonomic tools to stay healthy while they're working as opposed to- Meaning good chairs so that their back doesn't hurt, standing desks, these kinds of things that like an office might think about, but someone individually who's not working at home would never have invested in. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Exactly. And why would you if you were always going to the office to do your work, right? Right. So now it's like, here we are, we can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, right? <laughs> We've all proven I haven't had one client come to me and say our revenue has tanked since 2020. Now granted, we know that there have been some industries that were hit particularly hard due to the physical limitations, um, hospitality, travel, etc. But outside of that, the clients that we're working with, I haven't heard that argument yet for bringing people back into the office. It's not about productivity um, and it's not about revenue. It is this, this element of uh, maintaining culture, uh, community, connection, um, in-person meetings, more uh, creative, collaborative, brainstorming type sessions. Um, but it's interesting when we start to talk about uh, to our clients about this and, and where work happens and where work happens effectively, uh, we break it down into four categories. So we have connect and socialize. We have meet. We have ideate, which often looks a little different than your typical meeting. And then focus. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like when you start to see this come together in these focus groups that we host, it looks like a scatter map mm. as people trail from home to office to, to third place. To third mm -hmm. place well. The third place is a big deal. The third place is a big deal. And, you know, I shout out to, uh, to Salesforce for their new wellness retreat that they purchased south of San Francisco um, exactly for that reason, to provide that place of connection, community, relationship building, wellness, while also a place to get work done. Yep. Yep. It's interesting because you, you just talked about something that I think is an important and integral part of whether we call it workplace or work experience or whatever it is which is it's individual, it's team or group, and it's organizational, right? It's, it's yep. all of these things and it has to solve for them equally, I would argue, right? It's, it's, it's not one over the other. And that is really tricky, especially as we perhaps move into the future of workplace, which perhaps is going to be increasingly hybrid meaning in office and not in office, in either home or third space, as you just said. Yes, exactly. And I think that, that there's a continuum of hybrid too, that hybrid is not one monolithic thing. So we like to think of it as, you know, there's uh, from kind of uh, companies that are reluctantly doing it because they, they know that they should to kind of free range hybrid, right? Where I just get to choose <laughs> free range workers, right? We get to choose, we're trusted. And I think there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there when we start and it ties back to culture of um, trusting our people to do their best work wherever they need to do it. And also understanding that people are gonna wanna do what's best for their teams. It's not just about me, it's about when do I need to be in the office so that I can support my team and coach my team one-on-one -on -one potentially or 
you know, we're, we're having a bowling event next week. So we're really thinking about how are we creating these social connections within our organization because we can go months without seeing certain people in our, in our firm. Right. And this is increasingly important as we come back from pandemic, right? Um, distance is like rebuilding bonds. I mean, whether that continues, I think will be a function of personally, I think will be a function of, you know, if companies force people back, if they've distributed their business operations, you know, more globally or more nationally, you know, um, but there is this desire to bridge the gap with what was, even though we know we're not going backwards, right? Yes, yes. And I think, I think that's a really important part to talk about, Lisa, is this idea of there is an element of, of how do we get people to come back and I do think that there's a tremendous opportunity for leadership in organizations to really think about a big shift. <laughs> and yes, it is upon us. Um, however, we're also hearing people, you know, wanting to go back to the way things were, right? Yep. There's just an element of that. And honestly, there's nothing wrong with it per se. It's human nature, right? It's safe to stay in the status quo. Yep. And so all of a sudden we're asking our leaders to think completely differently about how they've done something for 20, 30, 40 years. It's, it's a daunting task, it really is. And I think that speaks to, you had talked about uh, change, the importance of change management. We like to call it change engagement because would you rather be managed or engaged? Engaged. <laughs> Correct, no. <laughs> no <laughs> I like that, I've never heard that expression before. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's the thing. I think that part of this is really trusting your people to be a part of the new, of, of what this new workplace reimagined could be. And then, so I kind of look at it at three levels, like in, as with any strategy, right? You start at 30,000 feet, you're at your cruising altitude, right? Who do we want to be? Um, how do we, you know, what are the opportunities here? Like, what if, what are the possibilities, right? And then you get down into like the the landing pattern, right? Maybe 10 or 15,000 feet. And you might be in a holding pattern because you've got to get your, now it's, we've established who we want to be, but how are we going to get there? And then you've got the, so you've got to get your, your people, you've got to get them together. You've got to get the right departments involved to figure out how to accomplish this. So you might, there might be technological implications, wellness implications, HR implications, right? Security implications. There's a whole host of things yeah. when we start talking about not just workplace, but work experience of your employees. And then there's the ground level, right? You're, you're landing the plane. And now it's like, what do I have to do differently tomorrow as a leader to espouse these new aspirational behaviors or ways that we want to be? And that is the culture shift. Um, but it does take time. It's it's not something that happens overnight. It requires a lot of organizational patience, which is not always um, <laughs> in <laughs> a resource that's available uh, to organizations. So I think it's really important to just kind of take the time to really think about and take the opportunity to reset who do we want to be moving forward? Because guess what? Guess where the power is today? It's not oh, it's organization. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. With the great resignation. I mean, I think it's interesting and, you know, I'm just watching time, but I mean, there are these, you know, you started as an interior designer, which I come back to, you work with, you know, workflow interiors, which does large commercial, you know, fitting out projects and much more than furniture and design, but 
you know, the design component of a workplace is still material, whether your workplace, as we said, is the office, the home, or the in-between. Design is one piece, right? And that's like kind of the physical aspect of it. You know, there's this behavioral piece that you're talking about. And when you talked about the four buckets, you know, from a meeting to an ideation, you know, area plus the others, you know, I think it's really interesting because what you're saying is that design actually can influence behavior, but the design needs to also be influenced by behavior. So it's kind of this virtuous cycle of, I would call it like, you know, it's like design and culture, or it's like designing for culture or culture design. I don't know what it is, but that's kind of the work that you're doing, it seems to me. Yeah, yeah. And we're really pulling apart, again, going back to that exercise of like, where do you best accomplish this task? If I'm going to be sitting and reading contracts for two hours, I'm probably better off here or maybe in a focus room at the at the office if I'm there that day. So it's really thinking about the, the, the office design should be supportive of the task at hand, whatever that is. And it shouldn't be assumed that that happens at my desk. It's just the space that I need to do whatever it is that I need to do. Um, for many of us, it's working well to work from home, but for many people, it's not ideal, whether it's just too many distractions or, kids or whatever it might be. So I think it's upon organizations to really think through those individual personas throughout the organization to really understand what a day in the life might look like for them and then design the space to support that to a point where it can be generalizable, but also completely individual, right? Because obviously the personas are going to change over time as you attract and retain different folks. So um, I think it's I think what we're seeing the biggest thing is that the the purpose of the office is shifting to this place of connection and socializing and ideation and and you know idea sharing um, and and maybe not so much emphasis on the focus work uh, mm-hmm. because your intention you know the, my word my workplace word for the year and hopefully for the decade and maybe hopefully forever is intentionality. So let's be really intentional about how we're designing these spaces, who we're designing them for. And then as workers, as employees, let's be really intentional about why we're going in and what we want to accomplish while they're there, while we're there. And having the flexibility to choose where and when I do my work best is, is absolutely paramount. And I think it's so important now as the balance of power continues to lie in, in talent's hands. Trust your people to do what they need to do. And it hasn't been a problem in the last two years, by and large. Um, so so let's let's just continue to support that. Get behind, get behind the people. I love it. Get behind the people. Amy Hill, thank you so much for joining us on Future of XYZ to talk about the future of workplace. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. It's great. And I, I just want to ask one final question. As we think about you know, these different components. I was thinking just as you were speaking, the one thing we didn't speak to, would you agree with this equation? Workplace equals human capital plus architecture and design plus technology to enable it equals culture or is it like culture is part of that mix too? Culture is the air that we breathe. Can't see it, but it's very much there. 
and it it's it 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 is it's in everything around us. Yes, no, it is it is woven through. Thank you. I know that was an intentionally leading question. <laughs> Very astute. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> um, Amy, it's a pleasure, and everyone watching and listening, thank you for joining us on another episode of Future of XYZ. Uh, if you don't already subscribe, make sure you do on YouTube or wherever you get your favorite podcast. And if you don't, um, you know, uh, already follow us on Instagram, you can follow us on Future of XYZ to stay up to date or visit future-of.xyz to nominate yourself or someone else as a guest or learn more about what LVG and Co. does. So Amy Hill again of Workflow Interiors, thank you. And everyone, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks for listening to The Future of XYZ. If you like what you've been hearing, please follow Lisa Grelnick on LinkedIn. Visit future-of.xyz or subscribe to The Future of XYZ podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.